1: Good afternoon
2: everybody, you're now live on the Middleman Radio, this is the Middleman Talk Show, this is your boy Al,
1: Mrs. Kevin, and is Nick, here we go again, here we go again, now who go first man?
2: Well Jen goes first, but I thought that Jen would be in a little bit later in the show, so... That's my fault Jen, you are mm-hmm. always going first My apologies
3: Apologies
2: accepted <laughs> <laughs> Hey Al Yo You know something I ain't, something I ain't did in a long, long Long, 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 long time I gotta do I'm that I'm gonna that right. smash that button I'm gonna smash that button somewhere. do it Right, man, like, you know, that that button will not be here next week, ladies and gentlemen. This is... And non-gender conforming <laughs> individuals. I'll just say, <laughs> man. Hey, they did it on key too, eh? They did it in sync. They did, man. It was, like it was a singing group or something,
3: you know. Nick and yeah. sir. Right, dry
1: all this like, <laughs> dry, dry hate and it just it just gotta stop. It just got to stop. You uh, got to stop Oh God Man how's well, This week Man
2: Wonderful Wonderful man. Uh, yeah, yeah 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 Definitely that, man. Just observing well, all these I, people going out to get their hair done Right I got my Lysol ID in right now <laughs> Right Bruh. You know what I'm saying you got to have that You know <laughs> Is, is it is it just me, or was that like the dumbest conversation that he ever had? Or, I, I mean, this dude, man, then he had the audacity to come back and say, the audacity to come back and say, oh, I was just playing. You're the president of the United States. You at the podium talking to the nation, and you saying you were playing. Well, I'm not surprised by him. What's funny and ironic to me is all of his supporters mm-hmm. who say I voted for him because he says what he means. And now are defending the fact that He said that he didn't mean what he said Exactly (laughs) Exactly And if we On the disinfectant comment anyway You had people defending That and also showing you What they felt like he was Talking about like giving you a demonstration With UV light uh, with tubes and uh, uh, some disinfectant, and this one particular person had a whole dissertation of how it should work. I say let them keep trying. Right now, I, I, I say <laughs> let them keep trying. Look, I, I've listened, and 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 my yeah. opinions are not that of the middleman talk show or middleman radio as a whole. My opinions are my own. If you have a problem with that, please holler at me at Nick Eden on Twitter. But let me say this. If you Trump-loving supporters out there want to try to disinfect your body with bleach and all this stuff, I say go right ahead. I say go right ahead. To me, that's natural selection. Go right ahead. (laughs) I, um... Oh Lord!
1: Um, I, I, I have, did you ever figure?
2: Yeah, did you figure out that movie that I was talking about? Have y'all ever seen this movie? Like in the future, Terry Crews was the president, and everybody was like real stupid. Uh, they were using Gatorade. To, uh, it's called yeah, because uh, Owen Owen yeah. Wilson's brother played in it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, there, is that yeah, the direction we're that, that we're that going way. in America?
0: We're uh, absolutely that
2: going that way. We are absolutely going like, that way. Bro, when I, man, people are, li- like you said, Nick, they're literally out here trying to and put bleach in a body
1: to mm-hmm. cure this.
2: More power to you. I don't know which amendment covers putting <coughs> bleach in your body, but I'm all for it. Go for it. Do your thing. Now, um, the next part of it is I'm trying to understand <laughs> this whole Second Amendment thing because he's pushing this whole, well, to protect your Second Amendment, you need to get out and be free and do this and do that. I'm like, what do these two things correlate They don't. Uh, the right to assemble a militia, man. So I had to ask my wife, too. And, and you know, like part of the Second Amendment, you know, talks about, you know, forming your own militia, being able to do that and to bear arms for that. So I don't know if that's the reason why. So they can assemble with their rifles. That is Al, you know good and well, that is not the reason why he is saying that. Let's be honest. That is not the reason. So first and foremost, let's 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 put it into perspective. Let's put it into perspective. You have a group of people protesting that they are they, they don't they don't have they're assembling and protesting the fact that they can't assemble and protest. You're literally doing it. But it's, we can do it. We know that is <laughs> a dog whistle. We know that is a right. dog whistle. plain well, stuff. Shout
3: out to Governor Co- Como, who, like, he straight ripped a reporter a new one because he was like, people need to go back to work and people are protesting because of this. And, you know, what's worse than not having a job? And he was like, death. <laughs> First and foremost, like. Yeah.
2: The majority of people really don't want to go back to their jobs. Like, if, if, if we were given money to sustain the lifestyle that we're trying to live, like, nobody would be in the to Or I don't even think that it's a vast majority of people who are crying about going back to work. No. And also, aren't, they, give uh, the proposing, uh, aren't they proposing possibly giving out $2,000 a month now?
1: That the proposing not gonna make it get
2: the Senate. You gotta get yeah. That's that's <laughs> if it's, 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 it's proposed in the House, it's not gonna make it past the Senate. Like it you know, and and, and, and folks, elections matter. That's you know <laughs> that's all yeah. I can say. Elections matter. What I will say is some of these corporations are going to find it really difficult, the ones that have shifted so quickly to remote work to demand someone come back into the office after this. If it blows over, whatever the case may be, right. it's going to be real difficult for them to say, oh, you have to come into the office when it's like, well, no, because for the last quarter, it's for the last 90 days or however long
1: mm-hmm. we've been working
2: from home. and It's been working just fine. Right. right. I'll just be darned. Yeah. But
3: the <laughs> thing about coronavirus is it's a we situation. If it was just you and you want to risk your life, then fine. But you have no right to risk mine. You have no exactly. right to sentence me to death. And that's the problem that they do not get with coronavirus. They cannot conceptualize the whole "we" thing. If you go out, you might have the sniffles or, a, or sore throat. I might die. And 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 no one has the right to infringe that on me because you want to get paid. And I, I agree with Governor Como, He said, if you want to work, go apply for an essential job. Otherwise, stay your ass at home.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch True head. story. Man. True story. Oh
2: man. And, and and let me also let it be known because I know several people who work in his administration it was absolutely no problem for him to immediately tell them go home any work that we are doing can be done remotely it, it, wow. he 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 walked the walk and he talked the talk and he walked the walk so i i want that to be known cuz you know depending on your news outlet it may be fun to say well he still has his employees working and that, and and that is true they are still working and they're working from home right so, well, right. Somebody come help Brian Kemp, please Brian Kemp is an idiot <laughs> well, the only thing he I knows think how what is happened to Kemp
3: I almost feel sorry for him Because I think <laughs> that Trump Encouraged these governors Especially the Republican ones To stand by him and be like I'm going to open up we're going to stimulate the economy, and then he got on TV and turncoat on them and left them hanging, high Man. to dry when it didn't work he, out the way that he, he thought it would. flipped
2: on Quint- Yeah, he flipped on Kemp like Gabby Douglas.
1: He
3: was nice, <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I didn't say that.
1: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna tell y'all something. Everything that they said that Obama would be stereotypically—that's Trump. He Trump yeah. is a stereotypical N-word. Like say what you yeah. want to. That,
1: that, how many times you rolled up
2: on your own boy? Hey
1: man,
2: you said no, I ain't say that man. That's exactly yeah. what you gotta say. Said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's him all the way, man. I. I mean, Kim. was looking so crazy. He was like, "Well, I don't give a darn about politics right now." I mean, he sound like the cowboy. But I'm, I'm sitting up here like, yeah. bro, you, you you put yourself out there. This guy. Just basically ran over you in the four wheeler, came back with the eighteen wheeler, and then hit you with a train. About him like three days in a row. And then told
1: you to Stupid. like it, and you did. But that's his boy. Though. <laughs> that's his boy. I support Trump. That's
2: his boy. Well, on to the like, topic If, we if you support to Trump, everybody's are yeah, to the middleman Show today. Um, I know we can go on and on and on about uh, these governors out here and Trump and everything else, but we really got to talk about some other things that are in more important means right now, which is, what are we going to do next? Will Biden be enough in 2020? This is part two of the show that we did last week. If you want to listen to our previous show, you can definitely go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Middleman. Click on Will Biden Be Enough? Part one. You can definitely... Check us out here. What we had to discuss on that? We talked about the black vote. Uh, whether we want from Biden, you know, what should he do uh, in the next election? So on to today, with the possibility of mail-in voting and electronic voting being introduced in some states. How will voting change? What should a process for both for voting look like? And what and which one do you trust as a voter? All right, other countries have placed their elections on hold to focus on the coronavirus at this time. Will the U.S. do the same? Will we postpone our voting? That has been um, something that has been discussed. Um, Should our vote be all we give, or should we do more? Examples, like, should we go out and donate more, you know, um, go to phone banks, uh, send out mailers to make sure we get people uh, aware of what to do, how to vote, get the word out? All right, when it comes to the black agenda, instead of waiting on politicians and preachers to present what we want for our community, what do we need to do to come up with our own agenda? Like, what do we need to do to move forward with the progression of black America? And finally, why don't we, the African American community, carry the same energy about the presidential election? Into the midterm And also local office elections Local office elections Is very important to our, to us On the lower levels We definitely need to discuss that We definitely want to hear your voice The number to dial in and place a comment Is 516-387-1542 If you're on your phone You can definitely press the number 1 We'll definitely get to you But on to the discussion of today So um, let's 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 go into what we should do as far as um, the black agenda, waiting on the politicians and preachers. Like, what should we focus on? What should be our target to ensure that our voice is being heard and to make sure that the person that we're voting for is going to support that? So let, let me say this, because, Al, you bring up a very important aspect to this. This is nothing against preachers and it's nothing against politicians. When it comes to things about black agenda, the black agenda, you got to look at two very important aspects of it. Civil rights and economic equality. If you do not have lawyers and business people in these meetings What are you doing What you, you, it, it, it makes no sense If you don't have people who are used to Negotiating People who mm-hmm. are used to it, You need to have economists in there You need to have people in there Who know how to look at Market trends how those market trends affect Correct. communities of color, particularly black communities. And then you have to stop looking at us as just as if every black person has the exact same thing. I believe in a 10-point agenda, and this kind of this will roll into, and we'll talk about this later when it comes to local elections, a middle-class black person in Mississippi is not going to necessarily have all of the same agenda points as a working-class black person in Georgia. Right, right. Do you get what I mean? It's such a nuanced conversation that needs to happen, which is why I don't agree when a president or a presidential candidate says, this is my black agenda. Because that's to say, well, all black people are the same and all black people want the same thing. Right, right. Nick, Nick, if I may, um, the thing is, I think a lot of times people put us in in a box and think that black people are monolithic when we think and how we react and act in our communities. Like you said, Nick, every community is different, even from a standpoint of income and understanding and, and you know, even just intellect itself.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: when you're looking yeah. at the whole basis of, of politics, um, somebody may not be afforded to the proper information of what they need to look to or look forward to, to find right. out more about that candidate uh, laws, uh, what should be passed. Cause I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. in, a, in one of our questions that we posed, our local elections. A lot of people don't even know they they aldermen. They don't know who's there. Some right, people don't even know right. they mayors. Right. So, right, right. With the, We we have to we have to craft an agenda that would fit our people. That would be more fluid, because like you know it cannot be one right. stiff piece of work. Because if it is, anybody can chip away at that. They can attack. Yeah. And, and, Right, and to build on to that, you know, Kevin, like, um, we're with, with preparing for that and doing that. Like, every, like, like Nick said, every community is different. You know, had to look at the socioeconomic statuses of, you know, all of us, right? Um, you know, especially where we live, depending on, like, which state you live in, too. Um, certain things, mm-hmm. you know, you, like, necessities are different. Uh, your outlook on life is different. How you were brought up is different as well, too, which affects your views and also affects your needs and wants. And so when you think, think to that standpoint of, like Nick said, you cannot put one particular agenda and think it's going to fit cookie cutter for everybody. That it's not going to work. We have to have platforms like this where, where we discuss these things, where we actually meet up and create a list and put something together. Um, to where it you know the language is to the point to where everyone is understanding the needs of what we want because a lot of the language that we see now when we read these bills or we read these things that uh uh politicians are putting in place like the the normal person who don't necessarily read all these things all the time may not understand, and their needs may right. not even be addressed on there like it's it's more than that. We have to have more substance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can, I, a, can
3: I get? I think on, sorry, a, ahead can ahead. I, on a smaller scale, I think that we need to rewind back. Sometimes we have these big ideas that we go and 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 mm-hmm. um uh, like like I think Nick said, we put a preacher up there, or we put eye sharpen or we put someone up there that doesn't necessarily uh, represent, you know, an everyday working an American who's African American or our community,
1: Correct. and we
3: don't Correct. maul down and start and start small, but we put these big, giant, like, ideas out that are so in the sky, and they, they're, they're not conceptual. They're, they're totally, you know, way out there, and we need to start small, start, you know, demanding space. In one of the things that I think is most important for us is, We need to start demanding spaces in the decision-making positions. You know, we need to start lobbying against us and say, why aren't you in our community, why aren't you running for an election? Why aren't you Mm -hmm. doing for this position? Why aren't you trying to be DA? Why don't you put yourself in these positions so we have a voice at the table so we can start? Until then, we can't even have the agenda.
1: That is correct.
2: right? I, I, I absolutely agree. Because why 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 are you at the table and you're not you know following through or you're just there for, just to be there? Like what are your? Man. Can, can I give you can I give you guys an, an actionable step? An, an actionable step that I've seen in at least three of the myriad of cities that I've lived in. Neighborhood civic groups and civic clubs are the best place to start. Right, you can form it as a nonprofit. You can form it as a uh, not a super PAC because that goes into a little mm-hmm. bit, but a, but a political action committee. But let's say at the base of it, you form it as a, a political action committee. So let's say we all live in the same neighborhood, and we say, you know what, we're going to form a political action committee, and this is comprised from people from within our community. Within our community, we need this, 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 and this. These are five points that we need. We have the support of the community, we, you, you know, and we will go to our yep. local and state officials and say, this is what this particular community of this demographic needs. In order to have our endorsement, our vote, and in certain situations, our manpower and money power, you must adopt these five points of this agenda.
1: Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you do
2: not, we will, go, we will either go to your opposition Or we'll run our own candidate, but you won't have the support from this. And that's how you start to make those changes, because uh, a more real-time example, if you look at Atlanta, one of the things that President Trump touts all the time is these opportunity zones, right? Now, we know in actuality, and we can have this discussion later, that it's nothing but a tax shelter for the rich. Mm -hmm. However,
1: opportunity
2: zones, there is something that's good that you can take out of that if you have capital gains. If you don't have capital gains and you just happen to live in a place like Atlanta, where most of the places that are zoned for opportunity zones, you can still positively affect economically disenfranchised people in that area. It can still work. Right. But in a place like Gulfport, Mississippi, where I live, it's mighty funny when you look at the opportunity zones, they are all zoned right outside of the majority black neighborhood. So mm-hmm. black people can't even we can't even participate in the opportunity of these opportunity zones because it's completely zoned out. That is a point of an agenda. That is a point of agenda. We want the opportunity zones in this area rezoned rezone so that we can take advantage of this economic influx as well. So, you know, wow. but and that's what I mean by a real-time example. It doesn't Black agenda doesn't necessarily mean reparations, and I say that as a person who is pro reparations. But I'm also very pragmatic and very realistic. That is something that they can all promise and spend the next fifty years saying, "Oh, we're talking about it." Mm. Yeah. Long as they keep doing the studies, as long as they keep putting the monies up for the studies. Yeah. Right. Uh, they'll, they'll put the money up for the studies, and they'll give the NAACP a million dollars. Right. <laughs> Since uh, since Nick said that, uh, Kevin, do you mind playing the clip we have um, in reference to that? All right. Here we go. Uh, If you're listening to the Middleman Talk Show online, uh, you can call in at 516-387-1542. Press the number one if you would like to get in our conversation tonight. The lines are open. So check out this clip, What Black Voters Want in 2020.
0: Study is outlining what Black Americans want in 2020. The think tank Third Way and the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies commissioned a series of focus groups in Atlanta, Detroit, and Philadelphia, followed by a survey of 1,200 Black voters and non-voters. The biggest takeaway was described as something quote. Self-evident to most black Americans, but unfortunately something that goes too often overlooked by political pundits, policymakers, campaigns, and the press alike. Black people are not monolithic. Antoine Seawright is a CBS News political contributor and Democratic strategist. He joins me now from Columbia, South Carolina, to discuss this research. All right, Antoine, there is a lot of territory covered in this report, but I want to start with location. The survey found that a majority of black Americans live in the suburbs, small towns, or rural areas outside of urban areas. What did you make of that?
2: Oh, I think that's spot on. Look, I'm from South Carolina. I grew up in rural South Carolina. And having done campaigns in 38 states across this country uh, specializing and focusing on African-American voters, I totally understand uh, what this survey is saying. I think it's spot on. But the real question for Democrats is how do we take this information and turn it into a winning strategy for elections to come? What we do know is the most loyal voting bloc in the Democratic Party are African-American voters. That's been proven time and time again And what the survey has said to us is, one, black voters are not monolithic. Two, they have not pledged their allegiance to any particular political party. Uh, And number three, they want to be courted and have a relationship built with them. And I think that's something the Democratic Party has to consider. And if you are a Democratic entity, a candidate or a committee, there's no way in hell you can ignore this information being put out and want to be successful in elections to come.
0: Yeah, I would imagine there are probably a lot of strategists pouring over the details of this report. Well, according to the researchers, one topic that came up unprompted in nearly every focus group was gentrification. 69 percent of survey respondents say the cost of living in their neighborhood is going up faster than wages. So, Antoine, is this something that is being addressed enough by politicians?
2: Well, I'm not sure. It's not one of those things that pops up sexy on political surveys when you think about the national perspective, but when you think about local elections, and I oftentimes remind people, the closer your government is to you, the more important it is for you. When you think about local elections, this issue is a top priority and should be a top priority, particularly for municipal elections all around the country. And What we've seen over the past three or four election cycles, we've seen an increase in African American leadership at the municipal level, so I'm hopeful. That will then translate or turn into really grabbing this issue by the horns and wrestling with it in a real way.
0: So nearly eight in 10 respondents self-identified as Democrats, but not all in the same way. Fewer than half of black Americans consider themselves, quote, strong Democrats. A third say they are a weak Democrat or independent leaner. And 22% say they're not a Democrat at all. So as a Democratic candidate, how do you appeal to someone who doesn't consider themselves a strong Democrat?
2: Well, I can tell you what, you better treat the African-American vote as an investment, not an expense. And I think that this should be a sound, loud alarm for the Democratic Party to no longer take the most loyal constituency you have for granted and make some real long- and short-term investments. And if we do not, it presents a real opportunity for the other side to make their case uh, to African-American voters about why why they think they should be well-positioned to receive their vote. And we've been saying this until we're blue in the faces as, as African-American voters. Do not take us for granted. Don't just show up to our communities a month out and call it GOTV. Do not just show up to our churches two weeks out and call it Get Out the Vote. But spend time. Treat us like a real relationship. Treat us like you would treat every other constituency uh, in the political election. Because I wrote about this, and I think I sent it to you, Lane. You did. For some elections, for some people, elections are a choice. For other ones, they are an urgency. For African-American voters, every election is an urgency.
0: So overall, African Americans are more interested in voting in 2020 than 2016, which saw a significant drop in black turnout. Forty percent say their top reason for voting is to get rid of President Trump. Do you see that statistic as an advantage to any particular candidate in the, in the race for the Democratic presidential nomination?
2: I, I don't, because as I've said to you many times on air, um, surveys or um, polls are simply a snapshot of the time. And in this environment, the temperature and the mood changes uh, for so many different reasons. So while I do think Trump can be a motivating factor, if we call, if we follow that up with identifying his failure from a policy perspective and the impact it has had on African-American communities, I think it can be used as a motivating factor. But I don't think it will be the total motivating factor for Democrats to turn out African-American voters in next year's election.
0: Well, President Trump has staked much of his case for re-election on the state of the economy, but among Black Americans, 27 percent feel their personal finances have gotten worse over the past two years compared to 22 percent who feel their standing has improved. So, Antoine, how do you see those numbers? What should we take away from that?
2: Look, I think that sometimes Republicans um, think that cute talking points sometime will run today, I oftentimes remind people, forget about trying to make ends meet. There are people who look like me who are working two and three jobs hoping that ends will meet. And that's the story of our day. We've always started this game 10 points behind every other community. That's been from the beginning of time. And so when the unemployment rate is 5% in certain communities, it's 10 and 15% in others. And no one can forget that. And while the Republicans want to hang their hats on their low unemployment rate, that does not mean the working poor is not suffering. That does not mean people who look like me are sitting up on the edge of their bed at night, laying, trying to figure out how to make tomorrow work for them and their families. And so I think that that's so important for not only Republicans to understand, but for the media and for Democratic candidates and messaging purposes to understand. All right, and that was a, uh, a clip on what black voters want. So basically, you know, from that clip, give me what I deserve. Give me what we need, all right? Don't be out here playing with my time and my emotions. Like, that's what we hear. And then we get a smooth over all the time, just like the guy said. Like, you throw out those those uh, easy numbers to say that, you know, employment rate is this or look how much money, you know, um, uh, uh, black people are making right now compared to what they were making but you just, even though money is being made, the economy is getting more expensive, right? Um, people are still struggling. We're still struggling. Like we're not the 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 wealth gap. is not even getting as near as close as it as it should. And even if you look at the tax cuts that Trump put out um, in his presidency, they only benefited who? The rich. The rich. Yeah. So how are you going to get my vote back? Hmm. Well, I'll put it to you this way I think that um, One of the biggest ways That we can do this Is to go in it with an open mind See, the most what makes, the, what makes black people so Integral to the Democratic Party And what once made it so integral to the Republican Party Is that we do block votes Largely, we do block vote. However, I will say this. Bob Johnson, the, uh, the founder of BET, he once said um, how we should approach politics is no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, only permanent solutions. And I think that if we take that aspect into it, I think we can start effect Because there are going to be situations where, you know what, you are going to, because let's be honest. There are a lot of things about black people that line up with the Republican Party. Black people were largely <laughs> Republican. Black people are largely fiscally conservative, religiously conservative. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that line up with the Republican Party. We just can't get over y'all doing racist stuff.
1: Right. We can't when they do
2: that. They, they, they always come in with, it, with a patriotic Christian-based type Presentation of it well and here's the what thing about it it's the narrative that's involved in it because let's be honest that is and correct. i'm going to say that's this and, and this could this could be a generalization and i know we got a caller but i just want to say this this could be a generalization for what black people in america have gone through since 1619 you cannot find a group that loves america more than us Because what we have endured, we, as they say, Mm -hmm. use my language, we built this bitch. What we have endured, and to only be 55 years free, even though our generation span most of the wealthy majority community in this country right now, nobody loves America more than we do. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody. But they sell it. They sell it. And that's why I say don't play with my emotions. Because every time it, 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 it's, it's voting season, you get those showboaters, right? You get those smooth talks and everything, right? Like, even with the concept of where we are right now, okay? We're left with who? Joe Biden, right? We're left with Trump, all right? I'm not voting for Trump. Guess who's left? I got to go with what's left. But he's not saying anything to make me say I am all for you or I'm all for the other person. That's the thing, because even with people that don't have, you know. Go ahead. I, I know we got to call. My bad. Yeah, yeah, call yeah, 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 man. Uh, let's, let's yeah, T. me this. out in Phoenix, Arizona. What's going on, brother?
1: Man, teach I'm good. Smith How are you fellas doing today?
2: Man, doing well. well. Doing well. You well. see, see the passion going on today about this this particular yeah. topic. You know, y'all already know how I feel, man. I got people blocked me before. All right, here's the thing, right? We gonna have, It's like this. We got to get this notion out of our heads that the republic and I'm not talking about like the brothers, I'm speaking in general, that Republicans are the only racist ones. The Democrats are just as racist. If they weren't as racist and they really cared about black people like that, you really think they would have changed some of this stuff by now or Joe Biden wouldn't have? co-authored of the the uh, ninety four crime bill and bragged about call it Biden law or he even made slick comments about the black folks lord and savior, Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> you know, uh he's a Democrat. The Ooh. problem the problem is like that because
1: of uh uh
2: President Obama.
1: Excuse
2: my baby. Honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, us, <laughs> honestly a mongoose could run for president and a Democrat and black folks didn't vote for him. We every other group this is not video of me living in Phoenix. We got Mexicans here that will straight up say, "What are you
1: gonna do for us?"
2: What do black folks say? Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, they may not be able to, and you know, and for our local election, you ain't asking for nothing there either. Here's the problem, right? Every right. other group's not afraid to make white people mad. We're still afraid mm. of making white folks mad because mm. we we just. We I like how you Damn say the that. hearts and minds. Yeah, damn the hearts and minds. Right? They know what they did. They don't care. <laughs> you know, the damn mm. thousand of years of being a heartless barbarians. That's how they are. We don't look at it from a business. Pro- uh, voting is business. Uh, it is a business of change. It's that we hired you to do this job. If you got hired on your job right now. Dude, if you don't do your job you got hired based on a promise that you fulfill these duties in your job description. After the That's ninety right. days or even a year, the the boss yeah. fan wanna hear, oh they yeah. blocked me. They won't let me turn this assignment in. They won't they will fire you and put somebody else in there. We don't exactly. do that. And we don't it's like it, it, what is Biden Biden hasn't even campaigned it. to us. Well, okay, so Smitty, Smitty, Ooh. I got. You, I know you're out in Phoenix, right? Yeah, uh, i from w- Alabama. Yeah, I was I was actually in Phoenix earlier this year um, organizing for the Move On campaign out there. You guys got Senator McSally out there. I really cannot stand her. Um, mm-hmm. There was a group, uh, and I can't remember the name, but it was largely older Black women
1: mm-hmm. that
2: literally every Tuesday, if you go out there this Tuesday to Senator McSally's office. At about 10 o'clock, they're going to be out there They are out there literally Protesting every Tuesday And have been doing so for the past 132 weeks I say that for this I think it's high time And and, and, and our, one of our callers, Bill, talked about this About bridging the gaps with generations Where we take some of the activism from the past and apply it to the technology now, because the one thing I did, the one thing I did see in that, or I didn't see, was a lot of younger people. And to your point, you'll get the mm-hmm. people that say, "Well, you know, the Democrats are this that," but then you'll get the folks that's just like, "Well, man, it's not gonna matter anyway." And and that to me is more dangerous than the the, the people who are saying that it's more dangerous. The, the people that are saying it's not gonna matter are more dangerous to me than the people that are just like, "Well, I mean." Yeah. You know, they, they're doing something for us. So I think there has to be a, a bit of action that, that goes along with that, which is why I appreciate, you know, if the folks going to block you, he, let them block you. Because guess oh, what? They're not going to do anything anyway. <laughs> there's the gonna thing, do anything, right? Anything. Because people know me because I even criticized President Obama for uh, stuff like mm. that like, And I didn't vote for him in 2012. I know I lost a black card. I know, I know. I don't. No, I don't no. have more pictures. Of you. <laughs> I know. I. I, I, I don't I'm the one black. I per- have more pictures of my family than the Obamas. But anyway, uh, but but here's the thing: these politicians, they come to every other group with financial tangibles. They come with us. And, oh Lord Jesus! They're gonna lock you in chains. Trump is terrible. Although we have never gotten our due of wealth. And part of the problem is that when the civil rights generation, when the civil rights came in, it should have been black rights. Because civil means everybody can hop in who isn't a white man, including white women, and they sleep in the same bed as said white men. So we have to be specific. We have to be firm. We have to say, look, it's like, one, stop listening to this media that want to blame black folks Trump being in office. White women voted for him in the majority. White, majority of white people vote Republican and vote for Trump. But the, but the Democrats, think about this. They know they need the black vote to get in office. The Republicans don't need the black vote to get in office. So why mm. in the hell, are they, they're so arrogant that the Democrats still won't speak to what our needs are because our number one, see the issue, one issue with us is we're afraid to say, well, our number one issue is that's being the poorest people in the, in the country. Yes, you may have a nice little house in your neighborhood, but but ask about your family. Five black folks, can they get you $100 right now? Cash money. Can't do it. They can't because. Can't do it. Because, right. because, can't because, do it. Yeah. But, but I'll say this and I'll shut up. I'll say this and I'll shut
3: up. I'll say
2: this and I'll be quiet. The problem, what well, also is that well, I'm big on getting reparations. I was upset when Obama didn't do it. Uh, and I and I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, and I grew up thinking, why the hell we even fought to get back on the bus? They didn't want to stay anyway.
1: But mm. we gotta <laughs> understand,
2: like our our wealth. We gotta understand we just having about wealth. Have, having hey. wealth will cure a lot of problems with us: crime, poverty, family, school, all that. And I'll shut up now. And make me a drink, man. man I, I, I'm you, tired. you
3: made my point. I, I, what I really believe is. Why, and I'll take this back to Brother Malcolm, it is ridiculous of us to, why are we keep begging them for a seat instead of taking our seat? When you're fighting the devil, you got to become the devil. And so we're always, can you please, can you do this, me? Can you give me, me can you give me? No, take they it back. Hard, take it back. Say, That's I correct. want this, and we start taking our position back instead of kowtowing and backing up and expecting the wolf. To right. be nice to us. It's ridiculous. Or, or let's And another thing that's strategic
2: that. about it. Correct. Go so ahead, Al. Go, go ahead. To, and to build on what Nick was saying, you know, I was going to say something in, in, in reference to being strategic. Like, when, if I'm running for office, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to present the bills and all the laws and stuff that have been passed on... Uh, the last person watched, right? And I'm going to show them, the voters out there, who they voted for, what they voted on, on the list, on, on the paper, so they can see where their money is going to or being taken from. Or to see how their vote affected and why this particular person either did or did not vote the way you're supposed to be voting. Because you, we have to know these things. Like, we have to understand, like, Um, like what's going on behind the scenes in our local government that can affect us. We have to make sure we're putting the the, the proper people in office who are going to actually follow suit with what we need. Because like I said earlier, don't play with my emotion for my vote. And that's what a lot of people are doing. We got to make a change. We cannot continue to go down that route. We can't. We 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 got another caller. Yeah, we got another caller. <laughs> and uh, also, to all of our listeners out there, when you do call in, the phone lines are open. 516-387-1542. Uh, once you get finished with your comment, press 1. If you want to get back into the conversation, press 1 again, and we'll be glad to bring you back in. But uh, we got our caller, Bill. What's going on, brother? Bill. What's up? How you all doing today? What's up, Bill? Doing well. All right, so, Bill. So, um, I, I I just so Jim, I want I want to touch on what you was just saying uh, before I was brought in. Uh, I, I think that I think that it's it's somewhat wrong. I'm not saying it's completely wrong. I don't think Malcolm was trying to. I don't think Michael was, Ma, Malcolm was telling us to stop trying to fight for a seat at the table because they don't want us there. I more so think that he was trying to tell us to build our own table, to to, to just do away with them. They don't want us there. Forget about it. Go ahead and do our own thing I personally believe that our, our, Us as black people we if, if we need to do anything We need to switch over to the independent party I think because At this point here The Democrats don't care about us And, and, and like the yeah. last caller just said If they didn't care about us uh, This wouldn't be up for discussion Like you just said we wouldn't wait We wouldn't have to wait 50 years for, and, 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 and it's still a debate Still going I think that if if we if they want us as bad as they want us, we need to play with their emotions. They want our vote. Well, hey, come on, show me what you can do for me before I can give you my vote. And apparently, they haven't shown that yet. Okay, you put a few black people here and there. Oh, you put a black person on a on on the uh, impeachment committee, which is already a failed purpose, anyways. Oh wow, that's gonna rile up the black people for a little bit. And then oh wow, you wanna throw a black person in here? Oh, that's gonna rile them up for a little bit. But what overall are you gonna do to help us impact our our generations to come? That I don't think that they're doing that. I think they're just doing they're just throwing things in there here and there just for a little while to just to shut us up. And then they they go on. Hey, this will carry them over for about five or six years, and then we're just going to get some. We're, we're going to go back to what our agenda is, or we're just going to do whatever it is that we want to do. Right. So,
3: and so I, and let, let, me, let me let me say this before we move on. Like I I do agree with you. I I'm not saying that you know you know we should. Well, actually, I am. I'm saying we shouldn't beg for a seat at the table. But like you said, we should create our own. Why do we place the burden of our agenda on the Democratic Party, who's shown and proved that, that it's not a priority to them? We need to create because our own party. Because the moment you meet with and the it doesn't have to be the Black People Party. It could be a party of of who hold people who hold the same interest. Well, yes, Corey? well that's
2: that's what got MLK killed. Let, let's let's start there. MLK didn't get killed for the I Have a Dream speech. He got killed for the Other America speech. He got killed when yeah. he was organizing. Working class black and white in Memphis So doing that is what got him Killed because once they once he made Them realize hey man you just as Screwed up as us then it was like oh No he's got to go I will Say this though one thing that we If we're going to really do that If we're really going to do that if we're going to Entertain all options we have Got to stop shaming black people for meeting With Republicans history Shows right History shows us this the author of Black Capitalism was Richard Nixon, who is arguably wor- just as is not worse than Trump. The reason mm-hmm. that Richard Nixon is considered the author of Black Capitalism is because he threw behind his full support of the expansion and funding of Black banking and Black schools. Now, it wasn't an effort to stop desegregation in its last leg. But you know what? If you're gonna fully fund like this, the my mother was the last uh, was the last class of the black school that was in our neighborhood, and she'll say in a second, if your racist intent is to keep me from being for white people, and you are going to fully fund my school, go right ahead because now we're in a situation where black schools are not funded on the same level as white schools, where black banks are support. not supported on the same level as white banks. So that's what I mean by being strategic. And be the same type of manipulative that they are. If they're going to be racist, here's the thing. You're not going to stop them from being racist. But if you can use it to your advantage to further our agenda, I don't see the problem with that. I don't personally care if Trump says something crazy or Bloomberg says something crazy. You know what? Just like Bill <laughs> Maher said, your money is good. Right. Your money is good. And if I can use it to support and help my people, then that's exactly what we need to do. I wonder if that's how Steve Harvey felt after he left from that meeting with him.
3: Hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm curious. We
2: didn't give him a chance to explain. We called him a (laughs) coon and a sellout and all this. We called Jim Brown a coon and a sellout. One of the biggest black activists of our our parents' lifetime. Uh, But you know, I I am
3: very curious, and this is to our historian listeners, if we have anybody who's a historian, and Nick, you might know. Dr. King, in the whole civil rights movement, what was the plan? Like after, what was the after plan? Is what I've been always curious about. You know, why wasn't our agenda a part of? You know, okay, we we can go to the same bathroom and drink out of the same fountain, and what happens after that? Um, well, and I think that's what happened. That you know, now we elected a black president. Okay, so what happens after that? Um, who take who historically? Who has been in charge of the after plan? And who is assigned to that now? It's well, here's man. the problem.
2: It's just it another Here's the problem. The problem is people only listen to one aspect of the, I Have a Dream speech, and and it that one that yep. one soundbite <laughs> took off. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. never yeah. mentioned. The fact that I have a dream speech when he talked about reparations, they never yep. mentioned the fact that I have a dream speech when he talked about the continued protest of police brutality. Shout out to you, Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick. They only concentrate on little black boys yep. and little white girls yep, yep. to playing together, which is why he turned around and said, I feel like I have led my people into a burning bush. My grandmother used to say that integration was the worst thing to happen to black people. Yep. And I absolutely believe she was right. That's what killed our black business districts like Black Wall Street, Auburn Avenue, the Lower Ninth Ward, Chicago, the French Quarter, Harlem. That's what killed it. It was integration. The moment that we started spending our money outside of our community, it wasn't the Tulsa riots because they rebuilt. Some of those buildings in Black Wall Street Still stand to this day They've rebuilt it mm-hmm. financially It thrives longer than the original iteration of Black Wall Street But what happened was The moment they said you can come downtown And you can shop with the white We went running Because we have been indoctrinated in us From the very beginning that white is right That's what happened mm-hmm. so We concentrated on one aspect of the uh, the I have a dream speech And made that Dr. King's matchup you know, Nick, one thing I want to say, and just just my thought process, and Gene, I appreciate you for bringing that point up. You know, we do have to start thinking of what's next, what's going to happen. Because when I look at the generation, even like when Bill, he's called in a couple of times and makes some excellent points. For each generation that comes along, things change, mentality change. Uh, uh, the correct. way that they do things change. So I'm looking at a generation right now where, you know, they are not taking too much stuff, and they're not falling along like how we said earlier, a generation before us and a part of our generation, they blocking votes. I mean, they, they, they vote in blocks. So I'm looking at the new mind state of the younger people now. They're more tuned in to, okay, what are the issues we need to be focusing on? What do we need right. to be attentive to to make sure that our people are good? But mm-hmm. I don't think our old leaders are still instilling in them some of the things to help them push them over the hump to make sure right. that they're they're making powerful comments and powerful efforts. But it seems like right now, man, it's it it it's, it's okay, we're we're here. What do we do? Where do we go? That's what I'm trying right. to say. I can say this much mm-hmm. uh, the way things are going now, prepare for another Trump another uh Trump presidency, another four years of Trump. Unless something drastically changes, the way things are going now, prepare for that. And the, the best way to prepare for that is to, one, concentrate on your local and state elections. Number two, take advantage of the programs that he's put in to disenfranchise white neighborhoods and advocate for those same local and state electives to move those into our neighborhood because we might not be able to overcome the electoral college but I'm going to tell you right now 500 votes in a city council or a state senate mm. or state house rep makes a whole yeah, lot of difference. Make a difference and you, can, you okay. can make 500 calls and organize 500 people yeah. Use the things hey, yo, um, like Dave Carson's envision centers for, for public housing. Use the opportunity zone. Both these people that are arm's length away from us out of office. We might not be able to put an independent or Green Party or, or any other whatever major party in the White House, but we can put one on the city council. We can put one in the That's mayor's true. office. We can put right. one in the state because house. We and can put p- one in the state senate. Right. I um, think we got a T. Smitty. Yeah, we got we got D. Smitty want to get back into the comments. Uh, here we go. Smitty, you had another yeah. comment? I, yeah, I know you guys were going to shut it down. I was going to say this also. Even with voting, it's like those local elections. We still have to hold them accountable. And even because, uh, like, where well, I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. They got a, a elected their first black mayor. And I'm like, everybody's partying. Everyone's dancing. But it's like, okay, in four years, you have to reassess this we have to look at it as a business. But I also think, like, people saying, like, I know the brother saying Trump's going to win again. I think he's going to win again three years ago. And I think he's going to win the first term. It's because we aren't like our grandparents and our parents. Like, I know, I don't know what from. So I know fellows there from the South like me. Our parents had the government job. the mil- Even the military not taking as many as you, too. You'd be a cop or firefighter or had a job at the plant waiting on you to leave a decent, decent life. Those there things you know. aren't there for people like those kids nowadays and college is more expensive. They don't have that same can't even buy a house now with the same quality of life. And so these young people are looking at us like Hold on, we're not getting any of this but you want exactly. us to vote for you and we're struggling to pay off student loans for a job that a guy the quick trip makes more and he just walk in and work at the gas station. So yep. I, I say this I say I say this and I run but we, have, it, we gonna have It's like You have to look at it like both parties You gotta earn my vote I don't care if you meet with Trump you know He's the damn president You have to meet with the man in office And if you're mad about yep, yep. folks meeting with Trump Why weren't you mad that nobody met with Obama You're supposed to meet mm. with everybody <laughs> and the man he mm. like, like, I'll say, cause here's the thing Everybody's saying, well wait, they ain't doing nothing for us if you didn't ask the last guy to do anything for you, these white folks going to be like, why the hell are we going to do anything? You didn't ask the black guy to do anything for you. So you <laughs> got to be consistent with demanding tangible economic policy for us. Hey, you guys have a great and, weekend, man. Thanks for letting me on. Hey, man, any it, little thing,
1: Please, yeah,
2: any little thing, and, and, and to Smitty's point, because we didn't demand anything of President Obama in that fashion, any little thing that Trump would do, he tries to tout it as I did it better than Obama. I did it better. because when you look at the funding of HBCUs, yeah, he can because we didn't hold President Obama accountable for that, he could say, Oh, well, I funded HBCUs at a higher rate than he did. And you've got to give him that win because unfortunately, he did. Now, I will say this because I also lived I lived in Montgomery for eight years. I attended Alabama state with Stephen Reed. I will say this: the people in Montgomery right now are holding him accountable, and they are on his neck i and i i I don't say that as anything wrong with the I love the Reed family. his father Joe Reed, paid me on my, my very first paid campaign with his city council race in nineteen ninety nine What I will say is this: we have gotten to a point where the vocal minority of the problems facing the Democratic Party with black people have become louder and louder and louder. And if they don't do anything this time, it's, it's going to very much so be like the, the gubernatorial election in Mississippi last year. Because right now, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Democratic Party in Mississippi right now is pretty much dead. It's mm-hmm. pretty much yeah. dead. So, mm. uh, that, that that's just my take on it. Um... Man, that that you know what <laughs> I, I'm I'm agreeing with a lot of what Smitty was saying. Now, I'm I'm not gonna sit up there. Me personally, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, I'm not really falling into that little the category left or right. But like y'all we said the whole show. Your policies got to resonate with me. Mm-hmm. If it That's affects right. me, you know what That's I'm right. saying? I need to know what can I do to make sure that I can benefit from this effect. But a lot of people don't understand that. They want to go with, where well, my grandma voted Republican or my grandma voted Democrat, and that's the only it's way correct. I'm gonna go. We shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. We should never do that. When Biden comes and up Kansas. we should we should party. definitely with this party, we need to start demanding. Like what Bill was saying last week, Twitter. We gotta man, these people paying attention to this this new electronic age. They're paying attention to Twitter. They're paying attention to all these different means of contacting them. So we can use that to make our voice louder opposed to sitting back and waiting for them to do something and they never do.
3: And and we have a responsibility, I think, also to our children. When, When I was growing up, one thing that my dad did to me is that we read the paper together and we would talk about what's in the paper. We would talk about articles and where they sat in the paper as far as, you know, were they on the front page or the back page? We would talk about, you know, Why I would feel this way, and he would challenge me on my thoughts and and what I what I would think, you know, and how I got to those conclusions. And I think more parents need to start having conversations like that with their children and and getting them early, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, equate. I mean, uh, introduced into the political process because you know it's our kids that are going to to pass on and be the next voters. And the more disengaged that our children are is the, the more disengaged
2: our people will be. That is well, You know, one That's thing, really too, right. if I can quickly say this, you know, if I can quickly say this, I agree with you, Jen. The, the thing is, we have to start a grassroots movement because we got a lot of people that don't know anything about politics. Barack Obama, his presidency awakened our population. I, I mean, from the black community. It awakened us because a lot of people, even though they didn't even know what was going on, they saw someone that was looking like them. And then some took the initiative beyond that to start researching things. And that mm-hmm. right there can lead to them learning more, teaching their kids more. And, and it, I mean, it's a great time and a great opportunity for us to learn, even though we're dealing with what we're dealing with now uh, with our country. But it's still a great opportunity for us to be engaged and also educate ourselves to know what's going on in the political realm. That is, yeah, but
1: right. I got to
2: push back a little bit on that. I got to push back a little bit only because I think there was a general awareness and an inspiration when president Obama took office. But if you look at the number of civic engagement and it's particularly young people running for office, it exploded after Trump because he was a very antithesis of president Obama. Uh And it was like, Oh my God, I was a little bit asleep because I thought the country had progressed to this point. And then they went way back with Donald J. Trump. And I think that is what got a lot of people awakened. I can agree I think with that. that's what got a lot of people awakened.
0: Because yeah, it was like, oh man, we've that.
2: been progressing. We've been progressing and progressing. And we have... Let's be honest. We got a black dude named Barack Hussein Obama as president. You know, okay. right. I can get a little bit comfortable now because we yep. progressed. And in 2016, mm-hmm. you know what they said? No, you didn't. <laughs> Run it back.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, that's what they did. We got to make
2: the change, people. We got to make the change. We got to get out there and vote. We got to understand what we're voting for and why we're voting for what we need. Educate your family. Educate your friends. Have healthy conversations. Mm-hmm. It's Okay. We're not going to believe in the same things, but we all need the same basic needs. When you think about the basic needs, everything else is not that much important after that. Yeah. So understand, everybody's going to have your your own opinions about finance, school, education, you know, housing, all of that. Yes. But at the end of the day, we should all be living a safe, happy healthy normal life because right now we are like we got a big black eye on the united states right now a big black eye. It ain't gotta be a black you eye, man it ain't gotta be a black it's an eye. orange eye we got a big orange it's, it's an orange, orange it's eye, orange eye. Yeah. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and
1: and, and, to,
2: and to echo kevin's point at the beginning of the show for everybody that's listening you know first all politics is local If you are living in a city and you do not know who your city councilman is, who your alderman is, you are missing out because I can tell you right now, working on the professional side of it, the opposition, they know who their local reps are. They engage with their local Mm -hmm. reps, and they get things done by their local reps to help enhance them. 90% of the things that affect you on a day-to-day basis are done based on your local and State elected official. Them. There's no such thing as know the an DA is election.
1: election. That's, that's right. Thank you.
3: I, I don't think sheriff. people know the DA. That's an elected office. The person who's locking yep. up y'all family is an elected official. You don't mm-hmm. like You're what they're doing? Enough. Get somebody up.
1: Get my body. exactly. <laughs> hey,
2: I know where. I know. Normally we'll be shutting the show down right now, but we're gonna do a little bit longer because I, I really want to pose. I think we need to touch on this question right here. As far as, you know, with coronavirus going on and the election Mm -hmm. coming up, I know in the state of Georgia right now, we've received a lot of mailers for absentee voting, and you can vote through the mail, and they're also possibly entertaining uh, electronic voting. How do y'all really feel about that, and do you trust it? I mean, we did the census electronically this year, so why not? I mean, they, they got everybody's address from the census. You can send that right back out with a similar link and make it easy for people to utilize. It, it does not have to be all fancy and unique. Just put the candidate's name there, click send. That's it. That's all you got to do. Well, let's let's be honest. I'll take a chance. I'll take a chance on the mail because I've had to vote. You know, you guys know I work out of state a lot, so I've had them. Maybe the last three elections, I've had to vote absentee the last three presidential elections. What I'll say is this. I trust electronic about as much as I trust paper ballots because they screw those up too. There's going to yeah. be a screw up. But, but I will say this. When you look statistically, there is a portion of this country, a demographic in this country, that votes absentee more than any other group. That is black mm-hmm. people. It is not lost on me that just a couple of weeks ago, when this was brought up, the words out of President Trump's mouth was, if we go with an absentee option, if we go with mail-in ballots, Republicans will lose. And that should tell you everything that you need to know about the motivations of this administration. That should tell you absolutely everything you need to know. It is no more trusted or no less trusted than going to the polls and and voting on a rigged machine. We've seen that happen. Oh, I I pressed the button for this person, but ironically, this person's name came up. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's all flawed. It's all flawed, but make no mistake about it. We're the number one demographic for absentee voting. We're the number one demographic for early voting. And they know that if that is something that is done countrywide— It's a problem. They're going to lose. It's a problem. Yeah. And they will do everything in their power to stop it. I'm worried more so about, like, the machines. Uh, Like you said, Nick, you have so many faulty machines. Um, With the mailing, uh, that part, you know, I I understand you've done that a lot, but y'all seen stories about post workers that will throw a whole big thing of mail in the the bushes and go take it somewhere and dump it in an empty cold sack. Don't, no, and that's man. why you got certified. That's I why you got see? certified mail. You that, that's or. that's why you got certified. Anything I deal with the IRS, everything is certified. You can't say you lost it. If I have a creditor, certified mail. You can't say you lost it. it. Certified mail is just for that's a reason. It. And I will also say this: it's also not lost on me when it comes to things like certified mail. See, all a lot of this stuff is connected. And, you, and, and I may be a, a bit of a conspiracy theorist on this. But a lot of this is connected. Why is it that this administration is so hell-bent on defunding the uh, U.S. Postal Service? I mean, you, you know, know who, works who, 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 who works there? Who works there? Who's the biggest? Who who's, the most of the employees there, are? But where, <laughs> who works there? But let's be honest. Look at the timing of it. Because if they do go in with mail-in ballots, yeah. who's going to get hit the yep. hardest yep. when it comes oh. to getting things mailed in and stuff getting And like I said call me a conspiracy theorist and that's fine but I don't think that th- it, it, everything in politics, all politics is local and it's also all intentional there's nothing that's done by mistake
1: ah true story <laughs> very
2: much true story I, I, I appreciate y'all, what, what about you Jen you gonna do electronic voting or mailing?
3: I'm mailing mine in because I'm not going to no coronavirus uh, polling station when it gets the <laughs> coronavirus <laughs>
1: <laughs> I see. I will be joining from
3: my home.
1: I'm continuing <laughs> to have these
3: plans in place,
2: man. I do not want to have some conversations over the summer talking about they still trying to figure out how they're gonna do vote. The plans need to be put in place or starting to be put in place right now.
3: Not but you know July. what? This is this is where I think you, you, you gotta call people out. Now I'm the one who will in a minute I will you know, my congressman is uh uh what's it Well, he's he's one of Trump's uh minions. What's his name with the little glasses? Um the whole Mil- name just flew flew Mil- out Mil- of Mil- my mind. Mil- the one Mil- Mil- no, um no, uh-uh. yeah, yeah. it'll come back to me. Just flew out my mind. But anyway, I will. If you don't know who yours is, you can get on the the U.S. Uh, congressman site and it will direct you to who your congressperson is. Write them a letter. I'm telling you, write them a letter. Call. Leave a message. They will call you back. I just called the other day about something and I left a message about how I was upset about something and someone called me back. Do it. Do it. That is their job. I think what was Smitty who said, you know, this is their job. They work for us. Call them Mm -hmm. and say, what are you doing? What is the plan? Is this going to be in place? Are you you saying when you get up there with Congress, are you lobbying for a decision to be in place soon, what are you guys doing? Call them. Call them up and ask. Mm -hmm.
1: We don't. We
3: just leave it up. We don't say anything. We don't call. We don't write letters. We don't do anything. Call them up.
2: And you do, and so everyone also knows, to Jen's point, you know, it says prior to the shelter in place and everything with COVID-19, you can also request an in-person meeting with them. That is your your right. And and Stephen Palazzo, I'll go ahead and say it publicly, is the laziest, dumbest, worst congressman that we have ever had in my district, in the 4th District. He is the worst. All he does is fish and retweet, re, uh, retweet Trump He's the absolute worst Republicans don't even like him It's amazing But if we do not hold them accountable They can sit in those positions Forever Don't forget we got a, a guy sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue Who ran on term limits all of a sudden He won all his boys in there Lifetime he ain't really what? worried about term limits anymore. And
3: and um, this just, this uh, no it just came to me. Doug Collins. I just left a message for yeah, Doug yeah. Collins. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And, I know you are And, you're and, he about. and he getting a little
3: a a bit off topic, getting a little bit off topic, the stimulus package. A lot of our people were left out of the stimulus package. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They were left out of the stimulus package, and it's not right, and we should say something about it. And our black men a lot of our black men were left out of the stimulus package because of child support. Yep. Yeah. What if you yep. are, are cur- current on your child support, but you got behind on it and you're more than $500 behind. If you are $700 behind, they took your stimulus check.
2: Yep. They can take the whole thing, not just the seven hundred dollars, and give you the difference. See, and right. that, That's where they get you. They not just the balance. They can take the whole thing. I think it's important that we do a show that talks about this stimulus package because I know we have a lot of listeners who are self-employed, they're independent contractors, they're they're black business owners. You know, I, mm-hmm. think, I, I think that we definitely need to do that and kind of delve into that because there are a lot of opportunities. I was talking with my CPA about this that we are just missing out on right now. They had the first round of the um, – the, the, the business package is going out This is something that's absolutely unprecedented What they're doing right now And we could really benefit from it And because they came down on those companies Like Ruth Chris and all those other Major restaurant chains and made them get back The money, the second round of funding Is already set at $484 billion. The money that those other companies Got and they're making them Return will be added to the top of that And the, the deadline on it is June 15th I think we need to go into In serious depth about how we as a community can benefit from that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We try to be as informative as we can over here. Go ahead and take it, Al. Hey, we definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Middlemen Show today with Kevin, Al, Jen and Nick. Uh, we had a great discussion on will Biden be enough? In 2020, so we discuss our views and what we want as far as on the black agenda. What should we do? How can we get our word out there? We also discuss, you know, the voting process and what it should look like next for us. So definitely tune in to a middleman show next Sunday where we will definitely have another great discussion. And thank you for leaving an hour and 12 minutes out your day to listen to the middleman radio. We appreciate y'all. Most no, definitely. And if this is your first time listening to us, and we're going to make sure that y'all know more about us, but uh, we've been around since 2008, uh, you know, really before podcasts really hit. So we've been doing this type of format. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you who have been listening to us for a long time, and all of you guys that have just recently started listening to us. So we want, if you see our link on Facebook or any of the podcast sites, or any of the websites, Apple, iTunes, whatever, share it. Get it out to your friends. Let them know about us because we definitely want to build up our following. Uh, right now in our Facebook group, we have 600 members, 600-plus 600 members on the uh, Middleman Talk Show family page. We want you to join our family. And uh, if you have any uh, uh, anything you want us to discuss, make sure you let us know about it. Email us. We are the Middleman at gmail.com. Uh, It's incorrect, well, it's correct spelling when I would say like that, but make sure you guys let us know about any of the topics that you want us to talk about, and we will be here every Sunday to make sure that we can discuss it. So we thank each and every one of y'all for listening to us again, as Al always say. I I ain't mean to take your catchphrase, Al, but yeah.
1: Man, listen, I'm going to have to go
2: ahead and copyright that. You know
1: what I'm saying? So you I, can I, use it Put the dot down on him. Put the dot down on ma- him. He do oh, hold on hold,
2: on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, me, hey, let me think about this. Hold on, let me think about it. He Melania'd you. I know.
1: Like, right. man. <laughs> I guess he Jordan unpickered. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know my. what? Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Kevin Gordon. Nah, man, you. nah <laughs>
2: yeah. You, you Melaniaed him, man You Melania. him <laughs> Hey, we got to make sure y'all join us next Sunday We'll be back yep. Yep. Little Man Talk Show yep.
3: Bye, everybody Peace